going to talk about being riders on the storm today, okay? Because I feel like I feel like the Lord kind of spoke some things to my heart. Um, and I'm just going to share those. But I want you to be encouraged. Uh, just, you can go to Ezekiel chapter 1. I'm really not going to, I might hit a couple of things, but I want us to understand that we are riders on, on what God is doing. And I want you to just see, I'm just going to kind of give you an overview of Ezekiel. And Ezekiel was a watchman. He was a powerful watchman. And, and as I said on Friday, I, when I get to heaven, he is one of the dudes that I want to hang with in the great cloud of witnesses. I said Zeke and Zach. I like Zachariah too. For prophets, I like Isaiah. I like all those seer prophets. I like those guys that were just... It, it, caught up in the Lord and caught up into, into situations like this because it, this begins to uh, open up to us what God is about to do to a nation and he, wants, he doesn't want the glory to depart from a nation, but he wants the glory to rise in a nation. And so if you just see the very beginning of this whole thing, it's a, it, it's, he's one of the major prophets because of the volume and length of the books. Okay, but I, I tell you right now, he received so much revelation that we look in this first chapter. This first chapter is just heaven opening up to him. That is all that chapter one is. You want to go into an encounter? Just meditate on Ezekiel chapter one. And I'm saying that because when you read your Bible and you re read it in real time, <laughs> when you really, really read it to experience it, and you begin to meditate on the things, the four living creatures coming out of a storm, come on, you want to live there. And so I believe that the Lord, this is what the Lord's doing in this hour. He's preparing a people for the storm of God to come. We've talked about this Friday, but I just have to reiterate a couple things because I truly believe that the Spirit of the Lord is coming in such a way, and it, will be, it, it has to come from the place of intercession. It has to come from a place of prayer and waiting on the Lord. And again, guys, if you're thinking it's some religious, uh, religious exercise I have to do, you're, you're reading me all wrong. Prayer should be a joy. It should be a bliss. It, it, even fasting, when I'm, when I'm not, when I don't, when I, and believe me, I don't love fasting. I don't. So it's just like, but sometimes I need to get rid of myself to allow the Lord to get a hold of me in a greater, greater way. Do you understand? I, 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 I become like John the Baptist. Right? You want to decrease so that he can increase. And the Spirit of God wants you to decrease so that he can speak loud. Because when our, our flesh is alive and kicking, it pulls us away from the purposes of God. And it's already been crucified, right? It's already been crucified. The work's already done. But how many know we can just tend to drift into like carnal thinking and, you know, you get discouraged and, and the enemy can talk you out of your destiny. It's right in front of you. It could be a step away and he wants to talk you out of it. Come on, Jesus did it. If it happened to Jesus in the desert while he was, 
Yeah, fasting. I wasn't even going to get a lot into fasting today. But here's the deal. God wants to show up in your life like Ezekiel chapter 1. He wants to give you a revelation of Ezekiel 37. He wants to give you a revelation of Ezekiel 47. You can look in your Bibles if you don't know what those say. But I'm telling you, he wants you to see the army of, of, of dry bones formed. He wants you to prophesy with the wind. He's calling a people. He's calling an entire company of people. And it's not just this place. This place is just a little bit of it. But I do believe that there is a calling on this place to move in the supernatural, to live from the place where God is moving and he's showing up in ways like this. Listen, if I think of, when Joshua left, what was it, two weeks ago? Wow. This has been, it seems like a month ago already because so much more has happened. I feel like if you're not in the spirit of what God's doing, you miss what's happening. So these are some of the things that I'm actually going to talk about because I feel like the Lord is calling us to, to, there's a mustering of, of the troops in a sense, right? And I, and and, you know, people get funny about warfare, but you are in a war. It, 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 you know, Paul would have never talked about, you know, we wrestle not against flesh and blood if we weren't in a war. And so there is someone that's trying to steal, kill, and destroy, but you've been given abundant life. And so your life needs to be in, in, intertwined with the Lord Jesus and inter, intertwined with an Ezekiel chapter 1 experience. Are you all right with that? Because God wants you to see the storm of, of heaven. He wants you to see the fire and the glory and the presence. And he wants you to see the glory of the Lord rolling into New Hampshire. He wants you to see the glory of the Lord rolling into your bedroom. <laughs> he wants you to see and experience his presence coming with fierceness. And bringing you into humility. So that you can absorb all that's happening. Because when the flesh is very much alive, you reject the things of the Spirit. Are you hearing me? There has to be an understanding within your heart that God is coming to visit you. And he wants to come and show up and wreck you. And he, wants to, he doesn't want your life to be determined by the things that you're seeing in the natural. Come on, I'm preaching to myself, somebody. There has to be a place where we're living that we live with undivided hearts. And God is calling us to move into this. So, so if you look, you see this. It says, when I looked and beheld, it's, and I'm just verse 4. I'll just jump on a couple of verses. When I looked and behold, a whirlwind coming out of the north with a great cloud, with raging fire engulfing itself, and brightness was all around it. And radiating out of it was a mist like a color, like the color. And it's the glory of the Lord coming right in. They're about to go into captivity. And, jo and he's going to speak to them. And, he's, and the Bible says that he has this experience. Why? Because he's about to preach to a rebellious house. And as I was just, as we were just driving here, I'm like, God, why? I'm looking at people and I'm seeing distress. I'm seeing loneliness. I'm seeing lost. I'm seeing people that are just lost. But then I'm like, God, I need within myself, not because it's my obligation, not because it's my job, not because it's what the 
great commission causes me to do or, or directs me to do, but I need to come into an encounter with you so that I know when I look at someone like that or anyone, any one of you, and you have a need that heaven's abiding inside of me. And that I'm, I don't have an obligation, a religious obligation. Come on, we're gonna, I'm going to step on religion's throat in a minute. Because we get caught up in what we have to do to get. And I'm telling you, it's a demonic doctrine. And I'm, and I'm going to talk about fasting in the same way. But you need to be free when you fast. Or else it's of no avail. I'm telling you, it's dead works. It's going to burn. So I need a good fast. Hello. Why fast out of obedience? Well, that's okay. You know, I'll just say this. Wesley used to fast every Friday. That's just what they did. The Wesleyan technique was they fasted every Friday. It works. If you fast one day a week, you got 52 days in. But you shouldn't be thinking like that. You understand what I'm saying? 40 days. I've done 21 day fasts. I don't know why I'm going on fasting tonight. Because uh, I need to, I guess. So the Holy Spirit wants us to just have a perspective. And it's not religious works, right? And so I want to encounter him so that when I go out into the world and when I go into a meeting, because we, we base our, our success on meetings. Come on. A lot of church leaders need to get free from that too. But we want big, you know, we want the masses. We want people getting touched. I'm all for it. But here's the deal. God wants to come with such power. He wants it to flow out. And he wants people to be ignited in this place. And it's not just another charismatic whack session. He wants you to be equipped to do the works of the ministry out there. And so we're failing, we're failing everyone if we're not equipping you to, do, to step in and to, and to, and to spill out in, into the streets. I was going to say do something because it's not doing something. It's equipping you to spill. <laughs> Bible says, he says, my cup runs over, right? David said this. It was an overflow. There was just an overflow, right? You want oil to be flowing off of you, and that's just the anointing. So what happens when the glory overtakes your life? I'm going to show you. Ready? Because we see this is, this, is, this is the prophet Ezekiel encountering the Lord and becoming a voice to a nation. And he's called as a watchman. And everyone in here is called to be a watchman. But you're called to be an intercessor. Right? You're called to that intimate place with the Lord. Where he comes and he abides and he finds you and he does something deep inside of you. And then through that, you look at someone and you can't help but you're compelled, not because of you have a religious duty to go evangelize. Because evangelists, you know, as, as evangelists, we shouldn't have this, this, because that's what I'm called to do, attitude. Because you can get lost on that road. Hello. You can get lost on that road because your heart is not where the Lord is in that. And so, uh, listen, we've, done, we've, we've been doing outreaches. We, we probably need to do more. But I'm just like, God, what's, 
What's, what is the model? What do you want us to do here in all, in all things, right? In the five-fold picture of how he wants to release people and train people. Because you, everyone in here needs to be a good disciple. <laughs> Come on. God wants to release discipleship on you, and that means discipline. And we don't like that word in the church sometimes. But God wants to make us disciplined soldiers, so that we walk, and again, I should say disciplined drunken soldiers, but God wants to hit you with the fullness of who he is, but he wants you to be a disciple because you know when you walk after him. And like Paul said, he said, follow me as I follow Christ. So if we're following people that aren't following Jesus, right, we get lost. And someone said to me, a few weeks back, you know, you have this ride or die attitude. And I said, yeah, I do. How many know what ride or die is? It's messed up because all of a sudden it means something totally different than it did back in the 50s, I think. But it, was, it, it originated with Bonnie and Clyde. Right? She was going to hang with him, doesn't matter what he's doing. He could be doing all the wrong things and she's going to hang with him. <laughs> That's not what we're talking about. Then it, then it kind of culminated in, in, the, in, the, in the biker movement. Right? The bikers. Yeah. Rebel without a cause. And I'm going to follow that. No. No. God's trying to do something in the church right now. And it is ride, ride or die. It should be die and ride. That's what I felt like the Lord was speaking to me today. You die and then you ride. Because the Lord wants us to ride with him. And where is he taking you? I want you to ask yourself that question. Where is the Lord taking you? Where is the, where is the trajectory he's sending you? And what's he doing in your life? Because God wants to bring you there. He wants to move you there. So there's all these, you know, we look throughout this chapter and, and Ezekiel continues to go into this deeper, deeper place. Four living creatures. And then you see later in, in there's sparks coming from the, four, the, 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 the wheels within the wheels that are underneath the, the cherubim and all these things. Now, these things were written, why? So that we could go, hmm, let's try to explain it. No, no, when you get into heavenly things, you, can't, you barely can explain it. And even... Like these English words and even some of the, the Greek, you got to go back and you get a better understanding of. But even words don't portray what heaven releases. Do you understand me? So we get people that are trying to put things that, you know, they sit down in basements with keyboards and they try to explain the things of the spirit and why this one's off and that one's off and this one, they're critical, but they're getting all of a sudden something's going to, well, we'll leave that. But we need to get out of that mindset. And God wants to move us beyond that so that we can embrace what God has for this hour. Are you hearing me? That there's a fire, there's a, there's a storm with fire coming. Actually, it's already inside of you, to be honest. There's that, that, that burning flame that's releasing sparks and, and coals. It's already inside of you. And like the prophet Ezekiel, you'll go in chapter 10 and put your hands under there like the man in white linen. I know I'm all over the book of Ezekiel right now, but that's all right. This is what happened. And it said, take those coals and throw them to the earth. 
And someone in this place is going to get a heavenly perspective of how to take heaven and throw it to earth. I'll race you to it. That's not striving. That's not competing. It's just I'm, I'm jealous for the things of God. And I want you to be jealous and zealous for the things of heaven. Not, be, not bumping your neighbor, praying for your neighbor, saying, come on with me. Come on with me. So, so in this die and ride thing, I want to just hit a couple things. First of all, it, when you're with people that are dying to ride, dying to ride, we, sh we should have named the message that. But I'm telling you, you need, to be pe you need to be with people that are calling you to a higher place and to push you outside your boundaries. Listen to me. If you're really comfortable with your boundaries, God is not wanting that for you. I'm telling you, he wants, you to, he wants to push you outside of that. Do you hear me? Don't settle when God's marked you and he wants you. And he wants you to live in a higher place. You don't, you were never created to live in lower living. You were never created to live in shame, condemnation, and religious works. I'm not bashing church, I'm bashing religion. Because there's no place in the next thing that God's about to do, there is no place for it. There is no place for it. And I'll kick it in the teeth myself, but I got some people around me that are going to help me kick it in the teeth. Yeah? And so we need to do that, and then we need to support one another. Listen to me. You need to encourage one another. Mm. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 1 says, Brethren, if a man is overtaken by any trespass, that's any place we sin, the Bible says that we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And Jesus would consider sin today that we don't consider sin today. Because Jesus said to your thoughts, if they're messed up and twisted, you're in sin. Hmm. Okay, so we'll just go back to the scripture in Galatians that Paul is talking about. He says, if a man is overtaken by any trespass, you who are spiritual restore such a one with the spirit of gentleness, considering yourself less... So you, you may also be tempted, bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the, what, law of Christ, which is life, which is life. For if anyone thinks himself to be something, when he is nothing, he deceives himself. And so I have to say this because I watch all over the body of Christ because I, I actually get to rub shoulders with some of the guys that do a lot of things in the, in the nation, right? And, and, and just by the grace of God and some favor, that's all it is. That I, I've, I'm, I've been in circles. We've been in circles. The whole, uh, you know, the ministry. And so I, I hear more stories about people getting kicked to the curb and left, be, left bleeding. Guys that have been in ministry 34 years. And I say this, not to expose anyone because I didn't say anyone's names. But I'm telling you, this has got to stop. Right? And if, you, if, and if someone's not being restored and they won't be restored and they won't, be, they won't f go in to restoration then Matthew chapter 18 has something to say about that, okay? All of it. I went over that with our servant leaders. We won't go into that now. But, well, I'll go into it briefly. 
just because we're here together and I just mentioned it. But it was, you go to your brother, and then it was, you go to your brother with someone else. And then if that person won't take, won't take responsibility or correction or any of that, then you take them before the whole church. Now, that's Jesus' way. That's not my. It's all red letters, guys. It's all red letters. I know. That sounds severe. But I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit needs to correct us in the way we deal with things in the church. Because we do a lot of things unbiblically. And leaving people out to dry and let them bleed on the corner is not the way to do it. The Bible says those who are spiritual are to restore. Yeah. Restore. Get that word in your spirit. You're called as a restorer of the breach. You're called as one who restores the breach. Don't worry, I'll bring more honey after. It's okay, right? The honey comes because God wants, and listen, does he want, you know, gross sin in, in, in ministers and in, and in ministries? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. But I'm telling you, this is why it says down at the end, for if anyone thinks himself to be something, he is nothing. So every one of us have to be careful when we're casting a finger of judgment on someone else. I'm just talking in the body. You need to be very careful. And actually the fear of the Lord is going to come back on that stuff in a good, healthy way. It's going to release the knowledge of the Lord and the fear, the reverential awe of God. Yeah, it's okay, guys. It's good. It's really healthy for my inner man to have this awe of God. And, and, and that my, my inner man, now I'm walking in the fullness of the fruit of the Spirit. Everyone say fruit of the Spirit. That we become, all of a sudden, it's spilling out of us. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. All that stuff comes spilling out of us. Like flowing. Like it's just, that's what happens all the time. Look at me like you can get, the, like God's going to bring you there. He's going to bring you there. As well as all the gifts of the Holy Spirit spilling out. Actually, the fullness of the gifts would look like the seven spirits of God being poured out. Which is Isaiah 11, verse 2. Which we're not talking about today. But I want you to just realize this. That God has so much right now that he wants to pour out. And he, he wants to deal with how we deal with one another in here. So that when people come in busted up and broken down... There is no condemnation. Shame just drops off of people. Healing just flows. It's just easy. Why? Because the oil's all over the body. And that glory, the glory of God, is flowing in such a way that we, we are the storm. Because we've experienced the Lord in the storm. In the storm of God. Okay, just go over to Isaiah. 58, there's my fast chapter. But I'm going to read the last verse, so, <laughs> and I'll back up a couple times. But I just felt like the Lord was speaking to me. What does it look like? What is this storm riding with the Lord, riders on the storm? Verse 14 says, Then you shall delight yourself. Now it's talking. In context, this whole chapter of Isaiah 58 is all talking about loosing the bonds. Absolutely, when the fasting is done in a proper way, 
really, in this biblical way. This is a biblical pattern for what fasting looks like, okay? Jesus gives us instructions, but Isaiah the prophet gives us words by the Holy Spirit. Look at me. It's by the Holy Spirit that loose chains. It breaks bondages. It heals the sick. It releases the glory. It's by fasting. Yeah. But this is beautiful. It says, Then you shall delight yourself in the Lord, and he will cause you to ride on the high hills of the earth and feed you with the heritage of Jacob, your father. The mouth of the Lord has spoken. I love it when the Bible says that. The mouth of the Lord has spoken. So here, just a couple things, just a couple words I want to just look at. You shall delight yourself. That means when you delight in the Lord, it's not what you think. It's actually talking about being pliable and being moldable. That word delight, that's what it's speaking of. That I delight myself. Yes, that makes you delight in the Lord. Because when you're delighting in the Lord and you say, God, you can do anything you want in me right now. Like, God, hit me with the heavy revy. And wreck me. But he says this, are you pliable? Are you able to deal with what I'm about to release to you? Because sometimes when the Lord speaks, it'll shake us and move us outside of what the, what the grace that we have within ourselves, within ourselves, to understand the Lord. And the Lord wants you to understand him fully, so delight yourselves. That means be pliable, be ready. Make yourself ready. I'm ready for the Lord to come and open up. I'm ready for the Lord to speak. And when he, when he speaks, I'll move because I believe what he says because I'm pliable. Because I'm, I'm, I'm not moved by the things that are around me. I'm pliable and I, can, I, I, I move with the Lord. Because of his love for me, I get this, I get this goo on me. It's, it's, the, it's, the, it's the presence of God and it's the glory of the Lord that would cover me. And when God's got me in a, in a, in a mess like that, I don't know about you, but I'm like, you can do anything you want. I'm pliable. But when I have this shield on my heart that he can't get in, he's not permitted, and he can't get by. And, and his plans, his plans are thwarted. And you say, well, how, how can that be? Because we've all, all been given choices. God gives you a choice. He doesn't force his will on anyone. Right? So when my heart is hard, I know it. I know when my heart's hard. I know I can feel it when the, my heart's like away from God. Or not away from God, but blocking the Lord. Because things have come in. Little offense. Little of this. Little of that. Right? Hits you and your heart begins to harden. Right? It's the state of each one of us. So we need to be able to discern those times and be able to drop. And how do I drop it? I drop it like this. Is this not the fast that I have chosen? To loose the bonds of wickedness. To undo heavy what? Burdens. Heavy burdens. To, set the, to let the oppressed go free. And to break every yoke. So how many in the room want to break our anointing on their life? 
I'll just say this. As you watch some of these people that we've, we've watched in history, and I know this, people like Catherine Kuhlman, people that you would even see today, you know, they do, it, they do things, they step in by the, by the realm of fasting and prayer. I know it. I know it. And, there's, and, there's, and, and the word of the Lord over this place, over this place, not over any other place, over this place. I believe he's trying to turn the whole body of Christ into a house of prayer. But this is, this is supposed to be a, a spontaneous prayer base where God begins to move spontaneously and shows up in encountering, not with anyone up here necessarily. What would happen if the whole room went into an encounter? Or simultaneously, we all begin to encounter the Lord in different capacities, in different places all over the room. Right now, right now. Is your heart ready for that? And these are the things. So when we're riding with the Lord, I, it's, it's, I will cause you to ride. I will cause you to ride in that place. I will cause you to ride. Let me just find this. But he says, I will cause you to ride up on the high hills. That means you mount up, and it's speaking of a horse and a chariot. <laughs> he is not playing with this stuff. We see and we, we think of like Elijah getting taken up with a chariot. Like it's some mystical horse that comes out of somewhere. I'm telling you, it's the transportation of heaven. And it may come with horses and chariots and grinding wheels. But I'm telling you, let's get our mindset off of like some nice, nice Bible story and understand that God wants to transport you to a high place by the Spirit of God and it is by, it's through the word. And you're like, man, you're, you're really mystical. I am. And I want to be. And I want to have, an, I wanna have a, an aptitude to step into mystical prayer. Because that's where things are done. And that's where things are shifted in the place of mystical prayer. Not necessarily mystical encounters. And listen, everything should abide and, and line up with the word. I'm not going anywhere strange that, that, that's not biblical. I'm telling you the Bible is enough to blow your mind without me trying to go some mystical place. The Bible will, sh will, will show up and wreck you in the word if you allow it to. But most people don't read it like that. Most people read it like... If I, if I just read Psalm 23, huh, and he wants you to, lie, you know, lie down in green pastures, like, come on, somebody. God wants you to live in this peace that's un, unrecognizable anywhere else. There is a peace that's being released on the planet right now that in, even in the midst of chaos, even in the midst of all the crazy things that are happening in the United States and all over the globe, he's trying to release a peace in the earth that is un, unknown. It's unknown. It passes our understanding. That's why the Bible says it passes understanding. But do you live there? Do you live beside the still water? Where all you can hear is the Lord's voice 
because it comes like many waters. And so he wants to take us into those places. And he wants us to die and ride. When you go into these places with the Lord, and here, here's the thing. He wants to bring you to the heights. And what's that going to do? When you go to a high place, when you go to the mountain of the Lord, when you ascend, it brings you into a perspective that's way higher than your other one. And that's what I said before. You should be around people that encourage you and bring you to higher places. Therefore, you should live yourself in a high place so you encourage and bring people up to high places where you are. And it's more than just biblical principles. You hear me? It's more than a biblical pr principle. It's, a, it's an eternal principle that will shape your life and will shape people around you. And this is the other thing. The Lord, because we, when we just love him, <laughs> and when we abide in him and we go high places, we go to heights with him. We go to high, high places with him. The, the reality is that he will travel with you anywhere you go. I know the Bible says, you know, when we say it all the time, he will never leave you nor forsake you. But that is a dead, that is, that is a, a, a truth that we cannot deny that he is with you any place that you go. If you go to the heights, the Bible says, he's with you. If you go to the depths in the places of hell, in the deepest, darkest place, he's with you. And so we need to get this, this understanding within us as believers so that we can walk in truth and then the other thing is this word when he says he wants to bring us up he wants to hold us in high accountability to him and his word I know right that sounds like a yoke but I'm telling you when I'm accountable to the Lord that brings back that awe and love He's wanting us, he's wanting the church, everyone in here, every believer, not just me, come on. I know we think it all just goes for the pastor. The pastor's got to be accountable. We got to get the pastor accountable. We got to get the <laughs> apostle accountable. Like, <laughs> I'm telling you, accountability is real, and I do believe in that. But every believer should be accountable should be walking in accountability to yourselves, to one another, and to people who you, who you think are your spiritual parents. Yes. And that's not being weird. That's just truth. And so the Holy Spirit wants us to, to live in this place. And I want to offer us this, this invitation today because you will feed, you will feed on your inheritance. God wants you to feed on your inheritance. That means every promise that was given to a Jacob, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is for you. But even greater is Christ and the covenant that he's already supplied for us. 
that you've been, you've been given every spiritual blessing in Christ. Every spiritual blessing in Christ. And therefore, you're a recipient of those things. But how do I receive those things? By the spirit of adoption. And adoption is not what you think. It's not the papers that make me adopted. It's not this, oh, I signed, you know, Jesus signed the papers and I'm now adopted. That's got nothing to do with the word adoption. How many want to learn something right now, quick? Adoption is speaking about mature sons and daughters that have been given the rightful inheritance. Why? Because they're mature. You got it? What does that mean? That means that I, as a disciple of the Lord, as, as I love the Lord with all my heart, and I love my neighbor as myself, like, radically. Radically. I'm riding with the Lord, so everything's radical. <laughs> Nothing's like half-step, I'm going to maybe do it. No, when you ride... When you're dying to ride, come on with the Lord. He's coming. He's pulling you into a place where you've given your life completely over. And you don't have to do things. This is why I do have a ride or die attitude. I do. I do. Because I want everyone in this room. And, and the next room that we fill, the bigger room. You know, Gideon's 237. I don't know how many, whatever. Do you understand? It's not about a number either. It's about a people. It's about a community that will give themselves to the Lord fully and then to one another transparently. And most people don't want that. I'll reverse that. God is releasing a desire because even that was said, and I've heard it over and over by the Spirit, but God is not only raising up a remnant now, he's growing a remnant. And this has come over and over in this place, and, and I feel like the Spirit of God is calling this remnant to rise so that we can run together. And it, and it isn't, again, it's not exclusively just here. There's pockets and places where God wants to erupt and bring revival. Where does revival come from? I, Psalm 133, when it's flowing down the whole priesthood. When the oil is flowing all over the priesthood, and that means not the guy up here, you are the chosen priesthood. You are kings and priests. You are those that, that give yourselves completely to the Lord and are covered with the oil. So that when you go out, when you leave this building every time, when you, when you leave your prayer closet, when you, whenever, wherever you are, you, you're getting blasted with worship music in the truck or in the car or wherever you are. And you get out and you spill out. That there's someone that needs a word from you. That there's someone that needs to be touched by you. And it's not this striving again. But as I'm looking at people, I'm like, God, I need a heart. I need my heart to be like, oh. Out of, out of in here and out there. Because a billion soul harvest is a lot of people. They ain't going to fit here. 
But there's a whole, there's a whole army that God is rising up, bringing up right now that's about to receive their inheritance. Their sons and daughters that are adopted by the spirit of adoption. I, I had to get on pace. <laughs> I want you to stand. Yeah. So here's what the Lord, I feel like, is provoking us to do. And that is to ride with him. But God wants to release, the, I believe, this, the heart of who he is right now. And the maturity, I, I feel like the spirit of adoption is going to be released. Like we need to release that right now. And that means I'm, I'm posturing myself. And, and listen, the hand will only help what the heart is ready to do. You understand what I'm saying? You'll receive impartation for that if your heart is ready to step into this place where I'm, Lord, I'm going to be a disciple. I'm not going to do it by works. I'm going to do it by flowing with you, by being sensitive to you, by working with you. How do signs and wonders come? Because they worked with the Lord. It wasn't because they did it on their own works. And God wants you, if you don't know him, he wants you to come and just give your heart to him today. If you don't know him, if, you, if you're like outside of having a full understanding of who God is and how he saved you and how he brought you out of darkness into light because there's an invitation to do that. But God wants to pull you into this place of maturity today. It's the, it's the spirit of adoption and the spirit of sonship. And it all has everything to do with your identity. I watch it. We can be running around with microphones and not even know who we are. Come on. It's true. Like some, some big voices that don't know who they are. That's not being critical. It's just true. Because we do everything in this striving mode and, and everything's like warranted by behavior and striving so father we thank you right now that you're just resting in this place and god we open up right now